Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Austin. Hello. Aren't you glad technology has advanced so much in 2018 where you don't have to be in the studio to actually take part in a conversation? Yeah, that's pretty nice. I mean, when me and Richard can't make it in, you know, we feel like mailing it in. Kind of like some Toronto teams do sometimes. I mean, it's great. Just call in, <laughs> sit on your couch, have a blanket over you. Technology is wonderful. Well, luckily, technology allowed us to have a pretty special episode today. That's next on the Tip of the Tower podcast. So Austin, uh, if you don't follow Austin on Twitter, and I've told you to follow Austin on Twitter, it's uh, not working. Not really working. Everybody's figured out the sham that is my Twitter account. Exactly. Um, well, we got to stop tweeting hate stuff about Roman Polak. I guess I don't know. Um, but we uh, Austin teased yesterday. That's, that's the reason. On yeah, <laughs> on Sunday People night. Don't like bashing Roman Polak is the reason I don't have Twitter followers. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Fair but enough. on uh, Sunday night, Austin tweeted out that. He wouldn't be on the podcast, and yet, look, he's here because technology is... Well, we're recording We're recording this part after we did our phone guest. Yep. And just... just and a now pr- I'm here. And now you're here. A couple hours ago, I was not here. No, you weren't. Uh, I have been waiting for you for a couple of hours to come. I appreciate you waiting in this... Uh, it's not dimly lit. No, That's it's a great list. I had the Raptors game okay. on in the background, so it wasn't Boy, too Boy, that bad. was a treat. Yeah. Uh, we won't get into that though, because later, <laughs> maybe, uh, <laughs> if I feel like it. But um, I don't. We've been we've been wanting to have this person on the podcast for a while. There's a couple people we've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while. This was, I think, the top of my list. Top of mine. Uh, the, wheels, the wheels are turning for the the guests. We're getting that. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. Um, but I met this guy a couple of well, a couple of years ago at this young up and coming. Young and up and coming. Yes, we he will. He might make it in this industry someday. He might make it. Uh, you guys have probably seen him. Hockey Night in Canada. Or not. He's... Mm. Uh, well, yeah, you probably He's have. He's still an up and comer, Dave. You may, have, you may have read his articles on sportsnet.ca. Uh, Chris Johnson was uh, nice enough to call 
just before, a couple of hours before the Leafs were about to go back on the ice for practice, a four o'clock practice, I was like, see, it takes uh, it takes an insider like Chris Johnson to explain why the Leafs have a practice at four o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. Because I thought, oh, they, you know, they'd be back from That's their bye week. Time. They would be practicing uh, Monday morning. No, the league is like, you cannot have these guys back until later. So, <laughs> Mike, a four o'clock uh, practice time, CJ explained to us, was literally the first time Mike Babcock could have them on the ice. So, so they did not waste a single second in no. getting the Leafs back out there to bag skate them. Exactly. So as we're recording this, the Leafs have uh, done their practice. They're probably being interviewed as right we now. speak by the media. But uh, we are going to... Uh, start things off with our conversation with Chris Johnson. I would like to thank Chris Johnson of Sportsnet for joining us today. Chris, bye week is now over for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You actually wrote a piece today kind of talking about where they need to go. You know, after this bye week, they have, they're have they at 48 games right now, and they have, they have some catching up to do, especially with the Boston Bruins on a roll that they are on. Uh, you kind of touched on some things that they might want to look at doing. Uh, maybe if you want to just, I wouldn't say summarize, but give us uh, kind of your thoughts of uh, what you're hoping to see out of the bye week for this team. Well, I mean, I think a lot of the discussion, guys, uh, around the Leafs is are they a contender or not? Are they a team reasonably now with you know a little bit uh, less than half a season to play? Are they in the position to, to make a run? And uh try to, to compete for Stanley Cup this year. And, and to me, based on what we've seen on the ice so far, I, I would say the answer is no, but that doesn't mean uh, it's not possible. And, and so I think you know, a big focus for the Leafs will be on optimizing what they have, uh, on uh, you know trying to, to play better uh, than they, they had to this point, because I think that they do have a higher ceiling uh, based on the talent this team has. And, and you see if perhaps they can get in the position where we look at them as a team that uh, that has a chance to, to go on a long playoff run. You kind of touched on how you don't really expect Lou, Lou Lamarillo to make a big move at the deadline. Does that mean that it's going to be up to Mike Babcock to try to make the lineup work as is? Or are you going to expect maybe a guy like Travis Dermott to get a bit more of a bump up in the lineup or a bigger role? Where, where do you think the, the improvement will come with this team? Well, there's no savior walking through the door. You know, I think that that's an important thing for the players to understand too. That uh, it's very unlikely that they're going to be able to to bring much in uh, at the deadline. I don't see them being too aggressive uh, and and you know renting a player, uh, at least one that costs them too much in terms of future assets. So it's going to have to be internal. And you know, I think Travis Dermott, based on the two games we saw him play uh, prior to the bye week, uh, had some encouraging results, and it does look like someone. Uh, who could play some minutes for this team. Uh, I still feel as though Mike Babcock is, is looking for his optimal lineup, and especially among the, the defensemen, we've seen a lot of moving parts there, and part of that's been necessitated with Nikita Zaitsev uh, being injured. But, uh, you know, there, there's still kind of a, a feeling of uncertainty around what uh, the team is. So I think that you're going to see the coaching staff zero in, assuming uh, health is, is where it needs to be on, on a specific lineup that they're playing every game. And, you know, beyond that, I, I do think that this is a team that's going to try to uh, spend more time in the offensive zone. That's been a failing uh, of theirs to somewhat, uh, you know, given how they can roll out three lines uh, pretty much that, that, that can score. That certainly feature elite goal scorers on them. 
and you know they want to best maximize the, the way their team is built. Uh, you know, find ways. Some of that is connected to the defense, but also how the forwards play to, to spend more time in the offensive zone than chasing around the defensive zone. With the way that people are talking about, you know, the deployment of a guy like Leo Komarov and Roman Polak, I've heard some people suggest that maybe this is Babcock trying to save some of the younger players, especially for the late grind of the season. Is that something that you think he's actually considering, or do you think this is just him uh, relying on his veterans uh, maybe a little bit too much? Well, I think a bit of both is at play. I mean, in the moment, people get up in arms about all kinds of things. I mean, one guy's ice time in one game is enough to, to spawn a lot of outcry on Twitter and, and the blogosphere and that. And, and I think at times we have to remember uh, that Mike Babcock is thinking about uh, the 82 to play plus, you know, however many more uh, they're able to manage in the spring. And, and it, it, I think especially with someone like Austin Matthews, we've seen his minutes uh, not be at the same level as, as other forwards, top forwards in the league. You know, I think that that is partly because the Leafs are pretty deep at forward and, and they can afford to spread the minutes around more, but also because it's a long season. And Austin himself last year uh, admitted that the grind was hard on him and that it wore him down and that he, he struggled through the middle part of the year. So uh, you know, I do think that, that some of it is leaning on guys like Komarov and Polak and Zachheim and you know, as examples, players that, that work very hard every day, uh, that, that give certain attributes. I think uh, Mike Babcock almost wants his star players to absorb through osmosis uh, uh, some of the less talented members of, of the, the team, but but also with a bigger picture in mind that uh, you know, I'm pretty sure when, when you get to the biggest games of the year, uh, you're going to see way less distribution, even distribution of minutes, and the stars will be playing a lot more. When you look at... Uh... You know, Austin Matthews, he, he missed 10 games uh, this season, and then the spy week comes in. Do you think uh, players kind of enjoy having that bye week, or do you think, you know, some players who feel like they were in a bit of a, a good momentum run don't like to have that bye week? They'd rather just uh, play through it. What What are the sense you got from the players before the uh, bye week? I think most of them love it. I mean, it's it's no different than you or I. I mean, time off work or school or, you know, whatever your, your commitments are, it's, it's a beneficial thing. I mean, it's, it's a chance to relax your mind and have some fun. Uh, in this case, most of the NHL went to warm weather destinations, so to get away from, from the winter and, and the grind of the season. I mean, uh, I, you won't find too many players that don't like it, although I did see uh, Patrick Lining make comments to the media in Winnipeg that he wished he could just keep playing, that he doesn't think there's a need for it. So there's always one keener out there that uh, maybe doesn't want that time off. But I think even someone like Austin Matthews, uh, who went down to the Bahamas with a couple of teammates, you know, I'm sure uh, that's time that he appreciates because, let's face it, he's going to the All-Star game in two weeks, so he doesn't get the All-Star break the same way others do. And, you know, once uh, they return from that at the start of February, you know, the Leafs could be playing into May and there won't be many days off, uh, you know, from the start of February to May if that's indeed what happens. Are we hearing any any news about who could potentially replace Victor Hedman at the All-Star game? I know some people floated around Morgan Riley's name. Is he a guy that could get that call from the NHL? Well, as of us uh, recording now, there hasn't been any decision made from the NHL Talk to Operations Department. I spoke to them on uh, the weekend, and, and they indicated to me that you know they're considering a number of possibilities, but it sounds as though Morgan Riley and Charlie McAvoy from the Boston Bruins were the most likely candidates uh, 
to replace uh, Victor Hedman for that game. Uh, oddly, as it may seem, and, and what a great year Riley's had, but he has did make a couple notable uh, high-profile mistakes in the last two games uh, the Leafs played before their bye week, and I think maybe with some recency bias that was sticking out in the heads of uh, the people making that decision. But, you know, I, I do think Riley's certainly being considered a strong candidate to replace uh, Victor Hedman. Uh, you know, the Tampa did have four defensemen, or sorry, four players at the 11 for the Atlantic Division with Hedman, so... This is a chance to spread a little bit more love around the division in Boston and Toronto, uh, you know, the two best teams after Tampa. So I, I would expect you'll see one of those two defensemen uh, named in this place. What do you think has led to Morgan Rowley having as good of a season as he's had? Is it the fact that he has more of a veteran, reliable partner in Ron Hainsey, or has he just kind of evaluated his game and realized he needed to take a more maybe assertive role, especially with how he's – you know, especially the last game against the centers where you saw that he was dominating possession and, you know, he got that uh, would have been a game-tying goal had that other uh, unfortunate event not happened to him. Uh, what do you think has really played into his success, especially uh, in this early part of the season? You know, the feeling I get from Morgan is that he's just a guy that's figured a lot of things out. And, you know, it takes a few years for any pro, I think, to, to truly – adjust to what they need to do and understand, um, you know, how best to train and live their life and do everything day to day uh, to be at their best in the NHL. And, and I just think it's a lot of steady progression uh, for Morgan. I know he changed a fair bit up this summer with uh, the way he trained and where he trained and, and you know, really decided that, that he was not going to conserve himself in any way. He almost had it in his mind that the season's so long that he had to hold back at times, and, and he found that counterproductive as he evaluated himself. And, you know, all the other factors helped, too. I mean, last year he didn't play much on the power play, and this year he's, he's seen a lot more time there and, and been able to, to rack up the points. I think, you know, having Ron Hainsey at his side, uh, you know, for you know a huge percentage of his even strength shifts this year has, has helped, and, you know, just, just his experience level. He's in the perfect sweet spot uh, to, to go into his prime now, and you know, it's come at a great time. I mean, so much of the debate around the Leafs it still is about their, their blue line. But, you know, if Morgan Riley's as good as it looks as though he is based on the half, the first half of this season, I mean, the Leafs have their number one D, and they have their number one center in Austin Matthews, and they have a pretty strong goaltender in Frederick Anderson. And I think when you look at those factors, plus, you know, all the, the players behind them uh, that warrant attention and conversation, you do have the, the ingredients there for this to be a better team than they've shown and, and maybe uh, find a different level here in the second half that uh, makes us think that they're they're in uh, for, for a long uh, spring. Um, CJ, I mean, one of the things that was touched on a lot with Morgan Riley and you've touched on with Ron Hainsey is just the ability for Morgan to jump up in the play. And he's also become a better defensive defenseman, obviously, but his offensive game just seems like it's taken that next step. I mean, he looks more confident with the puck. Uh, and one thing that was touched on uh, a couple weeks ago is that it seems like he's eliminated the slap shot from his game. He's just gone with those wristers on that that he finds a lot more effective. Um, what are you seeing from him in the offensive zone that's uh, really been the difference this year? Yeah, a real focus on getting shots through, and, and so they're not uh, always a big slapper. I mean, Morgan did uh, have the best slap shot going in the league, so I don't think it's the worst uh, thing for him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he just skates so well. He's a confident player with the pocket and it makes sense for him to carry it a time. So uh, I think having someone as steady as Ron Hainsey, I mean, really a kind of meat potatoes defenseman uh, in my eyes at the point of his career. He, 
He just makes quick plays, gets it out off the glass if it's in his own zone. Uh, I think he's a bit of a safety blanket when you're someone like Morgan Riley because uh, you won't see Ron Hainsey jumping in too often. Uh, so when Morgan does it, he's confident that uh, he's got someone to back him up there, uh, someone that, that he can trust. And uh, that seems to have unlocked him a little bit. I mean, he, he's shown flashes of all this in the past. I think, you know, really what stands out about this year is that he's done it consistently, uh, you know, right from the start of the year. Uh, until the bye week, uh, even with those couple fakes that I, I referenced earlier. So, um, you know, for Morgan, uh, I just think that he's, he, he's grown all around and, and benefited from uh, some of these things happening around him as well. Do you think there's any concern from the Leafs about how much Hainsey is playing on the penalty kill? I know it's been asked before, but, I mean, he's leading the league in shorthanded time, and... It will. It could eventually wear down on him. Do you think the team is at all concerned about that? I don't think Mike Babcock is because he's living in the moment a little bit with it and it's worked to this point. Uh, management can't feel too good, though, looking at those numbers and the usage and trying to figure out what they'll do if Brock Hinsley were to miss time with it. Uh, that would leave a pretty sizable gap there, uh, and, and they don't have a lot of other defensemen playing. Significant minutes. I mean, uh, Nikita Zaitsev played some shorthanded time uh, this year, and, and you know he should be back in a week or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that uh, from his broken foot. But they don't have a lot of Plan Bs. Uh, even when you look at the Marlies and uh, the defense that they have there, I mean, uh, I know Travis Dermott had spent some time in the AHL killing penalties. Maybe in a pinch, he could be someone uh, that that could do that fill that role. But you know, just just the way the team is constructed right now and this is uh, something that Mike Babcock wanted to do right from the opening uh, night in Winnipeg uh, where we saw running to play nine or ten minutes shorthanded in that first game and uh, you know it's worked pretty well uh, this season but uh, I do wonder what happens if, uh, if the front end has to miss any time. So at the beginning of the season I mean the Leafs jumped out to that great start they looked like they were uh well ahead and they were going to hold on to that second spot and it was their spot to lose now Boston has come on a great run uh, as we're speaking now they're losing to Dallas 2 nothing, but a big win in Montreal the other night in the shootout um, it looks as though barring a huge run from the Detroit Red Wings that it's going to be the Leafs and Bruins in the first round to well considering who you talk to in Toronto that's a good or a bad thing considering the 2013 series um, is what do the Leafs have to do to uh, jump the Bruins? Because it just looks like it's a spot or a fight for uh, home ice advantage at this point. Yeah, it's, it's weird the way this worked out. It's kind of a quirk of divisional playoffs. We can have yeah. one division with three, you know, good teams, and everyone else yeah, bottom feeder. Uh, it's all lined up this way. I mean, at this point, I don't think we can rule out entirely the possibility that Boston makes a run at Tampa, uh, especially with the Lightning now, without Victor Hedman and, and those teams having three head-to-head games in the second half, and, and Boston, and, you know, as we're talking now, having some games in hand. I mean, it's possible if this hot run goes, maybe they uh, make a push for first in the division, but um, beyond that, I think the Leafs uh, feel as though they're, they're in a position to have a stronger second half because most of their tough travels out of the way. And, you know, they, the games are pretty spread out over the second half of the season. There's a lot more at their center, And they think that that puts them in a good position to, to win more. I mean, it was a pretty grueling uh, November and December uh, for the Leafs. And, you know, what's interesting about that is on the flip side, Boston uh, basically plays every other night 
uh, until the end of the year. In fact, they've had one game ended on a Sunday, April 8th, at the end of the season for a canceled game. And, you know, perhaps the schedule won't be assigned to them, and they'll, they'll uh, run into some more trouble just with uh, all the travel and lack of practice time and, you know, more likelihood of injuries and those types of things that come when you're playing uh, on the road. So uh, even though it's sort of lined up a certain way right now, I think it's important to remember there is still, you know, quite a, a ways to go in the season. That, um, you know, all, all things being equal, I think it looks like a pretty likely leap to Boston first-round series. Um, but, you know, a lot of things can happen between that and now, and perhaps uh, we'll get a surprise. Um, just going into this playoff run, I mean, now everything after the All-Star break will switch to the uh, trade deadline, and obviously that will be a big focal point for the Leafs as they've had a pretty weak decor, or what is perceived to be one of the weaker decors in the league. Um, a lot of people have touched on getting a top-four defenseman, getting a right-handed shot defenseman possibly, uh, Ian Cole has come up. Some people, I heard, there was a rumor that Mike Green could be a possibility. I mean, what what do the Leafs realistically look at in terms of a trade to make their defense better to make that playoff run? Well, the issue they're going to run to is lack of available players, and, and probably uh, I would say Mike Green will be the, the biggest name to move uh, most likely before the deadline. Uh, he has some control over that kind of trade because he has a no trade clause in his contract, and you know. It's, I think that there'll be a pretty steep uh, price uh, placed on him. I mean, he's having a great season for Detroit. He was their all-star representative. And, you know, I, he, I just don't get the feeling the Leafs are going to jump in and make that kind of trade. Uh, I mean, a lot of it, again, can happen. They'll six weeks out uh, from the trade deadline. Um, perhaps there's another injury or something that, that changes the mindset of the front office. But... Uh, more likely than not, the Leafs are probably going to acquire, uh, if they acquire any defenseman at all, someone uh, without the same name and pedigree. And it's just going to be uh, do it by committee. I mean, a little bit like Pittsburgh tried to do last year as they won a Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, I, I don't see the Leafs uh, really making a home run kind of play for defensemen during the season. Uh, that, that could change in the offseason. We did see them go after the Dominic pretty aggressively at the draft last year, uh, perhaps with some contracts coming off their books uh, this coming summer. There'll, there'll be an opportunity to, to shift things around and, and consider a move for that type of player. But, you know, in the meantime, all the hope is uh, Timmy Lilligren uh, turns into top 40 somewhere down the line uh, and, and can fit in and fill that hole for them. And in the meantime, my, my sense is that they're going to really just try to get it done by committee and, uh, you know, overwhelm teams with how deep they are offensively. Are there any other trades that maybe Leafs fans and media aren't looking at? I mean, the JVR train has really slowed down since he's had such a productive year goal scoring for the Leafs. It seems like he's a core piece going into the playoffs that they can't afford to lose. But Tyler Bozak and Leo Komarov are looking more and more expendable. I'm not, maybe not suggesting that they're the guys to go, but is there a move that you can see happening that, sees them leave or possibly de- deepens the forwards on this team? Well, I, I get the feeling that Mike Babcock isn't that happy with this center situation uh, beyond Matthews and Kadri. And, you know, as a result of that, uh, I could see a trade involving a center, uh, potentially even Tyler Bozak being shipped out. Uh, at this point, I don't see him as someone that the Leafs are likely to bring back next year. Um, and if there's, there's perhaps a deal out there, uh, that it makes sense. I, I could see him trade it. Uh, 
it, it's, it sort of sounds counterintuitive because they, they do need uh, some help uh, down the middle, at least the coaching staff side. But, you know, that's an area that isn't getting a lot of focus right now uh, that I could see, uh, you know, some change uh, around the deadline time. And, you know, Dominic Moore seems to have fallen out of favor. Uh, Frederick Oche is brought up, and uh, the results haven't been very pretty, at least to my eyes. Uh, you know, there's some rumblings that Miro Miro ultimate uh, will get a chance from the Marlies uh, here shortly. But, um, you know, I do have a feeling at least uh, are, are at least entertaining different ideas uh, when it comes to their centers. And of the three unrestricted free agents, uh, JVR Bozak and Leo Komarov, I would say the most likely to move at this deadline is Bozak. Would you say it would be Leo Komarov? This, what percentage would you put on a chance of him coming back? Because it seems like Dybkov doesn't like him. Like, if he can play him in a fourth-line role, do you see him coming back next season? It's possible. Uh, there's been no talk. I think it's been frustrating for Leo Komarov. Uh, his situation is just kind of dangling out there. and You know, no different than a lot of players. Your future is uncertain. But in this case, we're talking about the only NHL team he's played for. Uh, you know, I think he'd, he'd like in a perfect world to assign uh, some kind of extension. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see – it's hard to handicap. I don't see him commanding a lot of money. He's having uh, a tough season. Uh, certainly, even if he's a free agent, he would likely get – a contract he has right now, $2.95 million on the cap. And, you know, if you came back at a big discount, you know, it's possible uh, the Leafs would do that. But, you know, more than likely, we're, uh, we're looking at a guy that, that's going to leave in, as a free agent. And, you know, I think the same with James and Reimsack and Tyler Bozak. And that's going to be quite a bit of turnover at, at the forward unit for the Leafs. There'll be a lot more opportunity for Cashberry Kapanen, uh, you know, any of these guys that have been around the fringes. And, you know, it's going to have to come from within a lot of those replacements just with uh, the money that's going to get paid to the top players. So uh, we're, we're about to see a pretty big key change uh, in the next few months around this team. And this is kind of the last run that uh, they're going to get, to, you know, with the long-time leaps like Bozak and uh, JVR. Um, with Komarov, I mean, his struggles have been documented with this team. Um, I... I always throw around a joke or just think in my mind of the whole look good, feel good, play good sort of adage. Um, is Visor, how big do you think that plays into his slump? Tough to say. You know, he definitely <laughs> doesn't like that. Uh, he does have the right to take it off, but, you know, he said his wife isn't for that. He's just, you know, a young baby at home, and he's got to think about the life uh, beyond hockey one day. But, you know, I, I wonder if some of his decline in production, which is there in the underlying numbers, obviously the traditional numbers like gold and assists, uh, just are due to age. And, and we're looking at a player that's just becoming less effective. You know, he's mentioned to me a couple times that, that he can't believe how much, uh, how quicker the NHL has gotten in general. And, you know, perhaps it's, it's just uh, one of these things over time where if that speed is picking up and, at the same time, his is declining a little bit. Uh, he's just having uh, a tough time contributing where we've seen him in the past. So, uh, you know, it's uh, not an ideal situation for him, and I, I do think there's a fair bit of stress around the situation for him, uh, just the uncertainty of it and not knowing what the future's going to bring. Uh, and, you know, look, it, even this season, we might still see him spend time in that fourth line, even though to this point uh, Mike Babcock, you know, stapled him to the side. 
if if we're reserved to thinking that Bozak and uh, Komarov are going to be gone in free agency, I mean, uh, the Leafs probably don't want to throw around money in free agency given that they're going to have to pay Matthews, Nylander, Marner uh, over the next two years. I mean, um, prospects in terms of them, I mean, Carl Grundstrom is a name that's been thrown around a lot. Um, Andreas Johnson possibly, Kasper Kapanen. Josh Levo, I mean, which which guys would you... I, none of them are centers, so you'd have to sort of figure something out with Bozak. But which uh, which guys do you think would be best suited to fill those spots under Mike Babcock's uh, system next year? Well, certainly Kapanen's going to get an elevated role uh, and be a full-time NHLer unless something weird happens. Uh, Connor Brown, I think, is in a position to play more minutes. Uh, his minutes actually are pretty good because he spends time on both specialty teams, but uh, at, at five on five, I, I see him stepping into more of a prime time role uh, as things turn over. And, you know, when it comes to center, the team's going to have to be creative. Um, and, you know, that's why I, I do say I get the feeling if there's, there's a little bit of, uh, that's where the, you know, the, the coaching staff is has trepidation about uh, that position beyond the, you know, the two rocks at the top. And, you know, there's, there's going to be an ability in free agency, I think, to, to add there and maybe not spend too much money. Uh, you know, I, I do think the Leafs, for example, uh, probably won't be big players in free agency. But if John Tavares hits the market, you know, I would rule them out uh, as a possible landing spot. You know, I think that a player of that magnitude uh, becomes available for free, other than the cap space that you, you dedicate the money uh, to, to paying him. Uh, you know, I think the Leafs would be all over that, and if they did sign them, they, they'd probably have to trade away uh, one of those young guys that they're they're going to have to sign too. So I mean, I, I think that there's just a lot of change as possible with having the money come off the book uh, that's coming off. I mean, it's it's not just the players, it's guys like Josh Ruppel, uh the Jared Cowan buyout. Uh, you know, there's there's a number of uh, things that are are sort of clearing up in the Leafs cap picture. Next season, and you know, I do think uh, we're going to see a lot more turnover this summer than we saw last summer. Okay. Sure, as to Toronto, Chris Johnson has now decreed it. Let the wheels be in motion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear; it's a big if that he, that he hits the open market, and, and if he does, there'll be 25 teams trying to sign him. Which will be one of them. Toronto, Drew Doughty, Derek Carlson. Let's get him in. <laughs> I'm going to plug one last thing here. I know, CJ, you're a big part of the uh, Puck Talks events. Uh, I know I've uh, I've signed up as a member of the uh, Homestand Sports, so I will most likely be there when uh, you're on the stage uh, February 15th. at the It's at the Rivoli, correct? That's right, yeah. Uh, maybe just for those who are not as... Uh, no, no, don't know what Puck Talks is about, maybe you want to just give the listeners a bit of a bit of a reason why they should uh, come out and uh, and see you and some pretty good people talk hockey. Well, it's sort of like the difference between uh, seeing a band live and listening to it on night I mean, uh, there, there's uh, unfiltered hockey talk, a chance uh, for everyone to interact with, you know, people like myself and and others in the media world and beers involved, and, and it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, you never really know what, where the conversation's going to go or what's going to come up. And certainly with that show being 11 days before trade deadline, we'll probably have some deals to discuss and, and look ahead to things that might happen. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be a great time in the hockey world. And it's going to be a good excuse to get out of your house in February when, uh, you know, we're all going to be pretty sick of winter. You know, have fun with each other, have a few drinks, and 
talk about the sport we love. Yeah, I'll just say that for those who, uh, like myself, that want to get into the uh, journalism field, it's good to get a chance to talk to guys like like yourself and some other guys who will be there. I know, uh, I think from what I saw on the list, Justin Bourne is going to be there. Your buddy Steve Dangle is going to be there. And there's, uh, I think, Kristen Shilton from uh, TSN is going to be there. So there's going to be a lot of great people to talk to. So uh, I'd, I'd encourage people to come out. Um, just follow, I think, uh, Puck Talks on, on Twitter. They always have promos. I think they had a one promo where you can get it for 50% off. So just keep an eye on that, people. And, uh, Chris, I just want to say thank you for uh, joining us today. I know there's a lot going on, and you're always busy, so we do appreciate you taking the time and uh, talking with us. No problem, guys. It was fun. You know, I could have probably – CJ probably could have stayed on to do another half hour to talk with us. Uh, just can't thank him enough for his time to speak with us. And we, I think we, we got a lot out of him, actually, uh, especially when you look at where the Leafs are right now. Uh, he kind of – he didn't want to say that the Leafs were going to be aggressive at the deadline, but I think he's trying to temper expectations – Especially with all those rumors about Oliver Ekman Larson, which, if you, I mean, when I looked at the uh, analytics on the tip of the tower count today, that article that Paul wrote on Ekman Larson has been booming. Cause, yeah, shout out to English Paul. Yeah, shout out to English Paul. Um, but I think Chris realizes that. So, what that you're saying is all our articles just have to have Oliver Ekman Larson in them. So, just clickbait. I'm going to write like a TFC story. And put all the Ekman Larson and at the end. <laughs> TFC signs Oliver Ekman Larson. Oh, uh, or no, or it could just be Larson, and then people go, "Whoa!" He's, he's Swedish. I mean, there are Swedish players. They're doing pretty good in soccer. They, I mean, not bad. We won't, we won't touch on the World Cup. Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I do think some of those things that Chris said could. I mean, look, the whole Tyler Bozak part had me fascinated. Because based on what I've heard and we've seen from the Leafs this year, didn't really suggest that Bozak would be one of those guys that could be shopped at the deadline. Based on he's a center, the Leafs need centers, so why would you trade a guy that fits but may not be playing optimally how you want him to be? I found that very interesting. I think Bozak for Ekman Larson would be perfect. One for one, (laughs) no strings attached. I mean, you, are you I, Lee, are you like right like number one Leafs fans on Twitter? Are you like reading something that's like I'm I'm actually reading something on Travis Dermott right now about the whole they're calling it Numbergate, but we can get to that in a bit. Oh gosh, no, no. Um, we're not well, getting into that. I mean, <laughs> Bozak's been linked to Arizona back uh, what was it two seasons ago? They were going after him in the offseason for was it a second round pick? Was the ask apparently for him? I think the Leafs. Uh, I think Leafs Nation would have wished they, the Leafs did that at that point. At the, I mean. A good thing to ask CJ would have been the gauge on what his value is in the market, thinking back on it in hindsight, because we don't really have a gauge on, I mean, who can you compare to Tyler Bozak? I can't really. I'm sure there's there's definitely guys off. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But I, I couldn't see them getting a second rounder for Bozak, not even close to a second rounder. You maybe get a low-level prospect and a conditional pick. Is that what you're looking at probably for Bozak? Unless a team, well, I mean, John Chaka made a – absolute gem of a move this weekend so 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I, you can, look, Chris even Straight pointed Chris even pointed out that it's it's tough right now because there's not a lot of players being rumored to be moved. Yeah. Right? There's there's players like, you know, like Mike Hoffman who expects to be traded. There's guys they like said, uh, they said they're looking at or they've gotten calls about Peugeot as well. Yeah, so there's Ottawa's going to be selling. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it's just when are teams going to be selling that need to sell, and when are teams that need to be buying going to start buying? The other question is, okay, like you trade a Tyler Bozak, who are you trading him to? If you do trade him this season, I say, I say Scrap Matthews on the first line. First line goats a full go there. <laughs> well, the other interesting part was that he said that the Leafs don't appear to be very high on Gauthier right now. I I think he's looked. Way better than more. He's looked better than more, but I don't think he He's had is. Some flashes of offense. I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to temper expectations with Gautier because, I mean, look at the big tagline put on him when we drafted him was, "What do you think of this player? Oh, he's going to be our third line center of the future." So yeah, you're not you're not really expecting him to be a top six guy. It's been it's been a slow grind for for yeah. Gautier for sure, but and also we have to temper expectations because he's a big dude that's coming off shattering his ankle that is very true hands of noted douchebag jake dawson douchebag is a strong word but for jake dawson i think some people would I, agree I would with you on that a one less strong word if it hadn't happened so many times where he's been such a deplorable player on the ice so he's he's fit in with the uh tampa Bay lightning this season though i don't use that word lightly so yeah especially when he does it so often to players that just happen to be on the toronto marlies yeah Especially young players. Um, anyway. I look at the other comment he said, because Chris always puts out these nuggets. Yep. And he put out that nugget of Mira Altonen. Nugget. Nugget. Just nugget. Um, I, I like what Altonen has been doing with the Marlies because... He's a, he's a nugget-sized player. He's not he's, a big he's player. He's smaller, but he's good. But he's he's younger. He. From, from all accounts, he's a lot of people think he should be given a shot at that fourth-line role. He definitely had a shot in the preseason. He definitely did. I think Babcock, again, tie goes to the veteran. Not for Eric Fair. By, by the way, where is Eric Fair now? True. But look, you, but, a lot of people uh, make a big deal about Soshnikov being gone. Eric Fair has disappeared. Management also dictates that, too, with uh, guys who have waivers who yep. are not on waivers. They wanted to give Eric Fair and Dominic Moore a chance to make that lineup early on in the season. I, I, I've kind of seen it with Dominic Moore, honestly. Well, I mean, I think he plays a role in the he, team. He he for fourth line. I don't know what uh, many people are expecting from a fourth line center. No, and that's not again. It's not like the expectations yeah. were high for me. No. He had to go out and do his job. But I think one game somebody said he was a zero Corsi. Yeah, that is impressive. There's been times where a lot of players don't look. Well, it's been a common thing for the Leafs to not be doing well possession wise on the even strength. Like two goals in like a month and a half because he's playing on the fourth line with two guys that can't generate any offense because Matt Martin can't be relied to carry a puck into the zone. But he, but that's not his way of doing well, it. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is he's playing with Connor Brown's the main offensive threat, and Connor Brown is not a main offensive threat on any line, no. regardless of who you're playing with. Um. The reason why I'm bringing up Altonen and Gauthier, okay, let's say they're not sold on Gauthier as the fourth line center. Go. Um, I I think a guy like Altonen, maybe not as a fourth. Like I th- I think the way way I heard Chris talking, if they were to move Bozak, and let's say they weren't able to get another center, maybe he puts. 
gets in that Maybe. situation. I mean, look, he has 21 points in 36 games with the Marlies, and he had a slow start to the season. He couldn't find the net for the first month and a half of the season. Like, he was badly snakebitten. And he had two goals, I think, two goals like this past Leo, weekend. Like, Leo Komarov level snakebitten yeah. in the AHL. Um, so, but I don't think he was shooting pucks directly into the goalie's chest on wide open shots. Anyhow, I would, I, I'd agree with you. I would say, okay, look, the, um, I would say that the Leafs would want to look at giving a player like Alton a chance. They did that last year with Kapanen. Like yeah. if a guy is deserving of a call up, they will give it to him. So Alton would ultimately get that bump because he is a centerman. Mm. I think now after hearing what Chris says, I'm on the Tyrell Bozak watch. Yep. I'm I, definitely I on that. I asked him that question just kind of like, you think, I thought he was going to talk about Komarov. Because I thought Bozak was like, the Leafs are so thin at center. You're not going to trade Tyler Bozak for another center because you're not going to upgrade. I know it's not, I mean, Tyler Bozak's a third line center. You can't only upgrade so much and they're not going to steal a trade unless they're giving up pick capital or prospects. Well, I think it also talks about, like, you look, I looked at how they deploy that that Marner, Bozak, JVR line. Those, that line, they, Backhawk has no trust in the defensive zone. None nor, whatsoever. Nor no. So maybe the organization feels that if they get a center, I mean, you know, Bozak's good on the draw, but maybe if they get a guy that's... Bozak gets thrown out of a lot of draws, though. That too. Like an alarming amount. So maybe they feel that if they get someone that fits Marner a bit better... I've been I've been on the try to look into a guy like Christian Dvorak, but Arizona oh, doesn't really want to be moving Demo off. And Marner together, reunite oh. the uh, the Knights line. Oh, I think, but I think I think people Bozak would for, also understand Bozak for Dvorak and Oliver, Oliver Ekman Larson, straight up. <laughs> that looks like something. Oh, well, after what we'll the be in touch, John after what the Coyotes did with Anthony Declare, I'm uh, I wouldn't put past Asset them not really management, John. Um. Woof. I mean, look, I don't expect John Chaika to trade a young centerman like Dvorak for nothing. But I also don't expect him to acquire a player he traded away seven months ago. But that happened. That did happen. Uh, and you also Go have to, to fan real and you also have to look at the fact that the Leafs are at the contract limit. So maybe they do trade Bozak for draft picks because they just can't take on too many players. So. Uh, before we move off on the whole Bozak thing, because, okay, let's say they don't trade him, they keep him, and they move him, they decide in the offseason it's time to move on. Yep. You actually saw an article about a potential replacement. Yes. Um, it was Tyler Dello, I believe. Let me just make sure I get this right because I want to credit this to the right person. Um, it was a conversation between Tyler Dello and, um, no, sorry, not Tyler Dello. Anyhow, uh, James Myrtle was tweeting at, uh, about an article that was posted regarding um, Michael Backlund from okay. the Calgary Flames. He, um, he basically, the article goes on to say that uh, if Joe Thornton isn't available, the Leafs have been linked to him, obviously. He and Marlowe were going to come over reportedly last year before Joe re-upped with the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe they, there was a mention of Taveras in there, which uh, CJ touched on. Um, then they said that Michael Backlund would be the top prize uh, for centerman in the next free agent class, which, I mean, I, I'm all for. I mean, personally, like CJ said with the Tavares thing, I mean, any Leaf fan will take Don, John Tavares in a heartbeat. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yes. But, I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not against the idea of turning William Nylander into a center, if that's necessary. Nazem Kadri's still there. I mean, I'd rather keep. I think William would just stay on Austin Matthews' wing. But Michael Backlund would be a perfect third line center. He makes. You said he makes for what three something currently? About three point three. Oh, uh, I had that for. Uh, he is. Oh, here, right here. He's got three point five seven five, which Bozak's making four. So yeah. about half. Let's say a half a million dollar less. And he's three years younger. He's 28. He's got 29 points in 45 games. Like, like offensively, Bozak and Backlund are almost identical. But Backlund also plays more minutes. So, and he's probably a... And he's playing with a guy like... I think he's playing with Matthew Kachuk. So he's used to playing with younger players and playing that maybe a more up-tempo pace that the Leafs are looking for. So, I'm actually curious to know. I I did see that thing on Twitter from Tyler Dello. I I'm just I'm not, not sure, sure where the actual article Dello. came from. Oh like, yeah, it was it was Tyler Dello. Dello. I, I'm making sure I don't get it mixed up with somebody. So here, this is what this article says. Uh, barring another run at Joe Thornton or John Tavares, if we want to get really crazy, Michael Backlund is the sexiest name available on the free agent market. Ooh, sexiest name available. That's some fun wordplay there. Well, yeah, he is. I always love the use of the word sexy when referring to a hockey player's availability in the free. Well, okay, market. look, if Lee fans, if you really want to look at this, other than John Tavares and Joe Thornton, the other th- centers that are free agents are Paul Stastny. Mm-hmm. Who's a first-line center on St. Louis right now. Well, I think Braden uh, Shen is more the, of the, Oh, yeah, sorry. I right, would say Braden Shen. He started out the year as the number one he before did. they knew what Shen was. Um and he was he's coming off a seven million dollar cap hit at thirty two years old. Probably wouldn't get that now. But he's got thirty one points in forty six games. But I think the Leafs were potentially interested in him when he was a free agent before yep. St. Louis got him and people were like, Yeah, seven million dollars for Paul Stastny, a little much. No. Then you got Henrik Prime, Prime Paul Stastny, yeah. yeah, yeah. Avalanche Paul Stastny? Yeah. Henrik yeah. Sedin is another name who nice. I, I don't I don't see the Sedins leaving Vancouver. I do, but only if they go together. Yeah, and I don't think a team's going to offer them together. No, but they, they will not. Yeah, I think Vancouver. They'll go back on a hometown discount. To they will. Their career in Vancouver. They're going to stay in Vancouver at thirty-seven. Um, you're not looking at a big move. Thomas Pekanic. We are like <sighs> Leaf fans. No, just yes. stay away. No turtlenecks. Uh, John Tavares is obviously the big name. Valtteri Filippo. We already know he has no desire to come to the Leafs whatsoever. Oh, I did forget about that. The, oh, yeah. you you. Shout out Valtteri one time. I actually don't even think the Leafs were planning to waive him. I actually think the Leafs were planning oh, yeah. to play him. Because Absolutely. What was that, 2015? No, it was last year. It was last year. Oh, right, They right. were going to go after Philpula, but he did, he rejected the trade, so yeah. they got Boyle instead. Right. It was either last year or two years ago, one of those. No, 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 it was the Boyle. Was, okay. You're right. Um, I'm I'm just not used to trade deadline stuff because the Leafs are usually non-existent mm-hmm. on the trade deadline. I'm just looking at the cap geek. That's where I'm getting um, all this stuff. Well, the the article, this little excerpt that Dello posted, mm-hmm. goes on to say, um, Backlund is the sexiest name available on the free agent market, but he isn't going to come cheap, and he may not want to come to a team that already has Matthews and Kadri ahead of him. So he might want to get an, uh, a second line role. center. He's not a first line center. No, he's definitely he's a top. I think he's a top six player depending on the team. Yeah, twenty nine points in forty five games. Thought of a third line center though, like you would love to have him on your third line. Yeah, you would. But if he's looking for a bigger role, Leafs are not yeah. giving that to no, him. No, you can't blame him. You're not going to play him ahead of Kadri. I mean, you can give him a second line role, like <sighs> Matthews is the third line center on this team. So. Well, second line center. Let's. Uh, 
Apparently, if people are calling Kadri the first line center, which some people were calling Bozak the first line center, yeah, let's not call that one C Bozak. Um, love it. Yeah, I mean, look, the the center, but this is the thing: you cannot expect to fix. Oh, by, by the way, real quick, um, yeah. Borgman scratch for tomorrow. Dermot in with Polak. Yeah, I was gonna get to that too. Um, we well, figured uh, we'd just touch on it and then get back to it. Okay, thanks for putting that on the plate. Um, Damn it. All right, but let's talk about this because as much as I maybe consider coming to Toronto, what's the price? What would it cost the Leafs in both in price? And as Chris said, if they do bring them in, somebody else has to go to make the salary work. You know who I think has a really long shot chance of getting him that people might not think of is the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, he would not go to Buffalo. Well, here's the thing is because I do a lot of lacrosse stuff. Yeah. His uncle is John Tavares as well. He is a legend in Bos- in Buffalo. Boston. Uh Buffalo. Um played his entire career there. John John Tavares the hockey player. Um spent a lot of time with Buffalo. Um I could honestly see it. I mean, he spent enough time in the arena and knows the personnel. Like he got to meet some of the Sabres people, I believe. I would think, and running around in those same circles. So this this is my issue with that. You go from one organization that is just. I think the arena stank. is the biggest issue in New York. But look, they're, but they're. I think that's sorted out. New that's York is sorta. not a bad team, especially the, with Matthew Barzell coming on. Like yeah, he is. the Islanders have figured things out offensively. So nice. Um, defensively, there's defensively they're still a mess. Yep. Well. Goaltending wise, they're still a mess. Getting rid of Hamannick definitely didn't help. But I, those those things are at least easier to fix than. Is, the, is that l- pick? Uh, is that pick this year? Right, the the pick they got for Hamannick. Um, I'm first. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can actually check that. So they can actually well, depending on if that's they would have. But look, two I mean, first. if okay, so they have two first, two seconds, yeah. This in this year's draft. So and they could have a second in Where next are they year's in the draft. Standings. I haven't even checked for New York. They're hovering, right? They're, They're well. Middle. They've been they've been up and down because yeah. of this. Because they'll go on lulls where their goaltending isn't good and their offense has to bail them out. Their they, goaltending they, is average. They have a really average. Good <laughs> I've cut some of their mm-hmm. games and watching Halak yeah, and Grice. Like watching Halak and Grice with more Grice. Ugh. Yeah. You you have to wonder, you know. But look, you also think. The Leafs were able I'll, to. I'll go home tonight and I'll play some NHL 18. I'll start a GM mode with mm. the with the Islanders and see what we can do. Oh yeah, um, I'll let you know my thoughts on them tomorrow. Yeah, because that's how you build teams. Your that's NHL that's team. my whole hockey knowledge is playing GM mode in NHL. <laughs> Other than that, I am absolutely unknowledgeable. Um, Take that as you may, future employers. I, I just uh, wow. Uh, good. <laughs> Don't take me. I'm not editing me. that out, by the way. So yeah, no, good luck no, with no that shame. one. I, the reason why I I bring up okay, the Islanders are in a situation where Halak is a free agent. I don't see him going back. Free agency-wise for goaltending does not look good. Nope, not at all. Unless you, I mean, a they, guy like Michael Hutchison have, is available. They have a really good goaltender in uh, Linus Soderstrom, I believe is his name. Uh, How? Swedish, Swedish goalie is a little farther behind in his development yeah he's gonna be a good one so you i think like if you i mean i'm not gonna talk about how the islanders fix themselves but if Tavares wants to stay that has to be one of the things that needs to be addressed is the yep. goaltending and defense i think i think you go two defensemen unless there's like best player available and yeah you get a stuff but again i don't see the draft necessarily filling that void right away no so they they have to figure something out um 
when I when it comes to the lease interests, we have no idea because nobody even knows whether Tavares is going to make the open market. So, I mean, if they go after him as heavily as they did with Stamkos, then we're laughing. Yeah, but as CJ mentions, they they would if they're gonna. It's the price would be. That's yep. the price of twelve business. twelve million over mm-hmm. eight years. He's he's gonna ask for twelve. Yeah. He's got he's a well over a point per game player and right I forgot about his stats this year. Yeah, you forget that he can actually play. So. No, I I know he can yeah. play. I'm just I forget that he's over what is it fifty points. He's I think he's now. got fifty two points right now. So Yikes. yeah, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid. Um, if the Islanders won't, somebody else will, and I don't think the Leafs are gonna be able to do what Stamkos try to offer that out because you look at Matthews, Marner. Nylander, okay. Look, Matt, Marner, Nylander may not get as much, or they're not gonna, they're not gonna get as much as Matthews. But you have to account for that. You have to account for. I mean, look, it would also mean if they got Tavares, Jake Gardner would not resign. And I think I don't even the chance of Jake Gardner resigning, anyways, don't seem as high based on you see what Dermot can do. Dermot's Gardner basically, except he's better. Yeah, he's and younger and cheaper. Dumb. Uh, you have Lilligren eventually, who's going to come up. You got Borgman. You've got, you got, you got. You're going to be able to replace a just, guy like Gardner. Just look forward. I don't care what Roman Polak does for the rest of the year. Just get a photo of Lilligren and Dermot. Put them together. They're going to be a pairing for a very long time. They have been with the Marlies. I, I'm just wondering. Oh boy. I'm just wondering the time frame Lilligren. I don't think is going to be as. Fun. This thing is a couple years, I think. Yeah, the, um, I believe it might have been CJ said as much on five ninety a couple days ago that uh, Lilligren might not be as far along. Like it was good of the Leafs to bring him over because they yeah. can get used to the city, but well, it, don't expect him to be a. You also player. remember in his draft year, he pretty much missed the year, so he played, missed a year of hockey almost. He played eleven games or something. Yeah, like that. so stupid twenty-two games. I think people will have to relax on Lilligren on their expectations there. Uh, okay, let's bring up Dermot, since we're on that conversation. Um, he he doesn't know why the Leafs changed his number, so it's another really weird Lou thing that's going on. Yeah, that's why I didn't even want to bother talking about it, because it probably, just, there's probably I, not I much to it. I don't want to talk about it either. It's just funny that he walked in today and somebody asked him why his number was changed. He's, I don't know. It's a number. At least they gave JVR an, ex- an example of why, he, I mean, for good reason, they retired his number. Yeah. 25, but... Or 21, well, 21, he's wearing 25 yeah. now. See, this is what's got me mixed up. I don't even remember who was wearing what number. Did Matt Sundin even wear 13? I don't know. Probably using the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think seeing Dermot back in the lineup, I I, I kind of question why he wasn't when the uh, when the Senators were oh, in town. Jesus. But now I understand. Oh, Twitter had me scared for a second there. Oh. So, somebody retweeted the Leafs PR tweet. Oh, uh, the, don't. Leafs, the Leafs agreeing to a one-year deal with Corbinian Holzer. Oh, stop it! <laughs> you fall, you fell for that <laughs> on the on the podcast on the June. podcast before that was for Thornton and Marlowe, though. Yes, I exactly. Looked, well, it had a date above it this time. The tweet that one didn't. Okay, well, luckily you look at dates. A, now. It was a picture, so I didn't see the date. Okay. Um, well, thank you for that distraction, but yeah, no um, now now I kind of understand why Dermot didn't play against the centers because he did play those two games with the Marlies and then he came back up and he's gonna be playing against him. How he did in those two games? I'm guessing well. He cause... he had an, no he had a couple of points. I, I saw stuff. 
Jeffler on Twitter puts up those gifts of the Marlies, which you definitely have to thank him for because I don't know anybody else is going to be doing that for the Marlies. I mean, the Marlies do put out their... Um, they put out the goal graphic. They do put up the goal, the goals, so at least you see that. But Jeff does it quicker and more real time. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to remember <laughs> what he did this season. Uh, Dermot over the he, weekend. Well, yeah. I think he had a couple of assists. He didn't score. I mean, no. he's not a goal scorer by any sense, but I think I do think he had some. Low pad assists. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Brock with this score. If you want to get hyped about something, so he's trying to find the twine there. Love him. Um, I, so I'm curious to see how he does against St. Louis. Like this is a legit. Like I mean, Columbus is a good team. St. Louis is a, is another animal. So I'm curious to see how he does against them. Yeah. And then Yeah, so you got St. Louis coming up and then we will see how it goes after that. I'm still not a fan of the three-man rotation with uh with Polak not being a part of the rotation, but Polak should not, It's the right-hand Polak shot. Should not be a part of the rotation. He should just be Flat out sad. I'm I'm curious to see what happens when uh, when Zaitsev gets back, because that would mean that either Zaitsev goes back with Gardner, and then the rotation somehow gets screwed up again when <laughs> when he's back, or that's Polak's time to take a break. So we'll see about that. Yeah. No, it was a very it was interesting when when CJ brought up the whole. No, focusing on a center because the defenders have not been the big target on the on the trade yeah, market. That's why I asked him about it is because a lot of the talk has been centered around a defenseman. But I mean, there's work to be done with the forwards. It's the for how much the Leafs do score and how praised this offense is. It's not perfect. It's actually uh, Tyler Dello wrote about this because I was sure it's Tyler Dello because I seem to get his name wrong. Uh, No, I did because uh, no, because I just I was reading while I was waiting for you to get here, which was um, he wrote about how the Leafs are actually not a good possession team. They're relying on and we've heard this before, relying on above average goaltending Austin Matthews. Yes, Austin Matthews going one on three against the Senators and pulling a puck out. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. But they're they're below fifty percent at even strength. I mean, they're not getting the chances on the power play. They're giving up more than they're getting. Um, but that's that's something I think you look at that second line with Kadri, Marlowe, and Komarov. That it's not producing offense. Like Marlowe's getting his chances, yep. but Kadri and Komarov have what uh, nine goals? Marlowe, something like that. No, he's got more than that. Oh, he's good. he's in the double. No, he's in the double digits. Why do you have to make me do extra work, Austin? Well, hold on, I can, I'll, I'll do it for you. You just you do it for me. You're the one that brought it up. No, 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 no. no we're in, we're in a race to do this. I'm not. I'm not racing no? it. Yeah, I'm racing. It's a, it's 15 goals. Ha! It's nine to six. Yeah. that's what I got mixed up. Okay. You. That's okay. pretty good. 15 goals already. Um, for a guy that was his legs were supposed to fall off and he wasn't going to be able to play hockey anymore. That's pretty commendable. Yeah, people who were down on a guy who was turning 38. Maybe he can do something. Probably the best skater on the team Yeah, <laughs> currently. I just wonder at what point does Mike Babcock look at that line and decide something needs to change. Uh, but as, as Chris said, 
I mean, and I've heard him say this before. He's the he's not big on changing his strategies up. But if you have a line that's as ineffective at even strength as Kadri, Komarov, and Marlowe are, something has to get something has to change there. They're, like, yeah, Kadri Kadri hasn't scored since December. I mean, the puck's just not bouncing his way. That and look at he's not he doesn't really have Mar- the same. as you said. Marlow has nine assists. He's not exactly going to be feeding him he, the puck. You're not expecting Marlow to set the offense up. Kadri has to be that guy, and frankly, Leo's been usually a guy you can depend on to cycle the puck well. They haven't really done that well. Um, they yeah. get pucks in deep and they check. Komarov and Kadri more so than Marlow because you don't want Marlow to get injured on a body check, but uh, but Marlow will has taken some yeah, shots. He doesn't he doesn't lay off. He don't definitely not. Um, okay, I'm just looking at the numbers here because everyone likes looking at these possession numbers. Uh, let me see. So Marlow is at 50. Okay, he's above average with the uh, with possession, even though he starts more in the defensive. That's one thing I I. I those of you that may not understand the advanced stats, I certainly am not an expert in any case. I don't understand. But you need to look at – don't just look at the possession. People just throw out the possession numbers. Yeah. Like, Kadri's at 49% possession. But 60% of his zone starts are in the defensive zone. Yeah, because Babcock can't rely on Bozak, so he's the defensive zone faceoff. Guy. In a comparison with Bozak, who starts – only 40% of the time in the defensive zone. That's still a lot. Almost for... 60% of his zone starts are in the offensive zone. Yeah. Just think about that. I mean, Matthews is pretty much 50-50. Yeah, because he can rely. Matthews is good at breaking the puck out. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at... Uh, I'm gonna so, look... so is Nylander, too. They're all good at just chipping the puck out. Freddie, Freddie Goat is actually 73% in Goat? the defensive zone. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's only playing eight minutes a game. So he, he wins a lot of faceoffs. And Matt Martin, I mean, for all of the lack of offense that he's been, I mean, the Leafs, yeah. everyone was praising how good he is at shot suppression. So that doesn't surprise me that he's in the defensive zone. Yeah. That so, line. I my what I would think would make sense for the Leafs would be to flip uh, Komarov with Connor Brown. Put Connor Brown on Nazem Kadri's line because Connor Brown has shown in the past. That he you mix him up a bit. On Nazem Kadri's line last year. Well, off and on with Matthews as well, but yeah. not he played way more with Kadri though. He, he did the occasional stint with Matthews. Um, actually, there's a way I could check that, but that's just gonna yeah, waste a, too much time. Um, we'll check it after. We'll check another time, but I, I think as Chris said, there's no savior walking through the door. This team has to figure it out, unless the Leafs manager wants to just blow. Not blow assets. Blow not gonna it up. blow it up. Not blowing it up. That's wrong. Rebuild. That was my bad. If the lease, if lease manager decides, yeah, we don't mind Sign trading. John trade him. Blow it up. We don't mind trading our first round pick, which they don't really want to do, and I don't blame them. I don't want them to do that either because they're not. Unless you're, I don't. I don't see a situation this season that the Leafs would trade their first round pick and be any better off. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because I feel like, I mean, they're going to have a late pick. And I put something out about possible targets that they could look at in the draft because I'm already looking into the draft because I'm an idiot and decide to do very early rankings. Anyway, they, they're they probably going to have like 19 to 20th range, I would think, unless they make a deep playoff run somehow. Um, 
that being said, I mean, you see what can happen when you have a late round pick. They've there's been a couple of them in recent memory. Matthew Brazell being the biggest one. You you don't want to give up a first rounder and have something happen where a guy gets taken with your pick and it comes back to haunt you. Yeah. And the Leafs have had a ton of that in recent memory. Um, I mean, you have Ricard Raquel, Scott Niedermeyer, if you want to go back far, was taken with a Leaf pick. I mean, the Leafs have been stung by it a couple of times just to make stupid trades that didn't benefit them in the long run. Nope. So I, I think that's – and Lou's said that. Yeah. It has to make sense now and in the long run. Lou, Yeah, Lou said unless they won't completely blow – they won't completely waver from their plan, but – if the right trade comes through, they're not yeah. going to stall on it. And unfortunately, I don't think the right trade is going to be Oliver Ekman Larson. I think it's the right trade. I just I'm scared of what the Leafs would have to give up to get him. I think it's the right player idea for if you want to move the needle. But but what are you giving up to move that needle? You're also getting another offensive defenseman. And he plays the left side, right? Or yeah, is he right? He's a lefty. So like, I, it's what that's why I don't get about that one. He's yeah. a lefty. Yeah, the Leafs green train. Let's just do it. No. Jack Johnson. Let's do it. That's no. That's Ian not. Ian Cole. Let's do it. Ian Cole's a left-handed shot, Kyle so it doesn't Quincy. make sense Shout anyway. Jake Milton one time. Um, yeah, so. You better listen to the podcast just for that reference. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Just cut cut it out. I'll just send it to him. <laughs> okay. But um, I, I'm, we're going to shift over and just want to quickly touch on the Raptors because uh, something happened on the weekend. <laughs> well. That's okay. I think, I think until we see how they come out of this break. We'll have a lot more to talk about. We'll have a lot more to talk about. Mm. I mean, the last time we talked was on Friday. What's changed? Nothing. So Travis Dermott's number. Then that's changed. Unfortunately. And his status in the lineup. Yes, that is true. Uh, well, we shall wait and see what happens with the Leafs and Raptors. Blue Jays fans. TikTok. We just got to wait and see. I know other teams are making moves, but that team ref- Wants to be patient, make the right move. So we'll wait and see. Oh no! Sorry, Ryan Fancy just tweeted something out before you finish. It's a screenshot of Chris Johnson's tweet saying Travis Dermott isn't sure why the Leafs have switched him from twenty-three to or two twenty-three from three. And the second photo is a photo of Oliver Ekman Larson with the Swedish team because his national team number is three. Oh, this is definitely time to end the podcast. <laughs> I'm not getting, no, 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 not getting into that. All right, we want to thank you guys for. John, Bobby, get on the line. want to thank you guys for listening this far, if you have, into the podcast. We want to, again, thank Chris Johnson for joining. Uh, we do have a couple of the guests that we want to get on for you. Another one we were close to getting on today, but uh, things just didn't work out. But we'll, we'll, we'll get them on eventually. Way to go, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, yes. Richard uh, took another sick day. I th- he's he's running out of sick days, so don't worry. He's, he's been mailing in lately. we got to talk to him. <laughs> Let me mail it in. I had to Skype you into the C. By the way, I did have to Skype in Austin on the CJ call, so I was half mailing it in. I, th- I think they'll know by listening to it that I was not in person. But uh, we want to thank Skype for making that possible. And... Uh, want to thank you guys for listening please take a look at our last episode which is actually not doing so bad where we looked at all three the raptors the blue jays and the leafs kind of delving into a couple of issues a couple of things to actually look forward to uh go on the site i did a post on why chris tanov if the leafs did want to look at the defenseman that 
is not an OEL type of, uh, let's say, prestige. He could work, but based on what CJ says, I'm less optimistic that's going to happen now. But still a good read, I I will hope. And uh, please follow us on Blog Talk Radio. You can find all of our podcast episodes there. You can find them on iTunes as well. Look at Austin's Twitter account and don't follow him because it appears that if I tell you to follow him, it doesn't work. So maybe saying the opposite will actually work. And uh, take a look at us on social media, on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search Tip of the Tower. You will find us there. I want to thank you all and uh, enjoy this week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.